If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Kinda Funny's doing an old school Patreon pledge drive all August long. If you like the content we've made in 2023, we'd like you to consider supporting us on patreon.com slash kindoffunny for the month. Just $10 would get you more than 300 exclusive episodes of shows like Kinda Feudy, Gregway, and more. We couldn't do this without you, so thank you for your support. Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by both of my gaming dads. We're back together, the dynamic trio. Of course, one, Gary Witta. You're here in studio with me. Your birthday is now come and gone. Yep. How are you feeling? Uh, older. Okay. Definitely, I'm, 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 I'm at an age now where I don't really celebrate my birthday anymore because, like, I'm officially. Tim, by the way, can I just, since we're now on this, yeah, yeah. Tim Gettys on social media. <laughs> Paris knows where I'm going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, talking on social media about how he feels old. Tim Gettys, 34 years old. You know how that makes me feel? Come on, <laughs> you? He's a baby. You're 42. How old is Tim? 34. He's 34? 34. And he's complaining about feeling old? Come on. Because somebody offered him. By the way, I think there's no way some kid offered him a seat on the bus because <laughs> he had a couple of gray hairs. I mean, no. a couple. I don't know <laughs> yeah. about a couple, Gary. It's more than a couple. I mean, listen, there's a, listen, there's a reason why I completely shaved my head. Yeah, a, yeah. I was going bald. And B, quite a lot of gray. Mm. Mm. So this is the only way. This is run up the white flag, just like complete unconditional surrender. It's the only way to good. do it. Paris knows. Paris knows. Well, I don't know, Paris, your, your bald look, is that something that, I mean, what, what, what would happen if you grew your hair out? What would it look like? Uh, wait, I'll, <laughs> I'll say it. I met my wife and my hair fell out. I'll just put it that way. That was, <laughs> no. that was, that was, that was 27 years ago. Um, yeah, I, I've been bald for a long time. And as far as the gray goes, I'd be Santa Claus right now if, if I didn't shave. So, yeah, right? Yeah, I feel you. My two gaming dads were back. Paris Lily, it's welcome coming, back. It's coming for you, by the way. It's You've coming. got that beautiful, hey. thick shock of hair on it, your head. Let, let me tell you, it comes for us all. I, I'm ready to embrace enjoy it. it while, enjoy the pursuit nature of your head while you still can, because it's coming. Paris, we've missed you. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. It's funny. I, I, I realized the month of July, I'd only been on once because I've yeah. just been traveling for work and doing some other stuff. Uh, during the month, but uh, I, I'm happy to be back. Excited to talk about some Xbox. We held good. it down. Yeah, we held it down. We had a good little yeah. Mike and Gary session. Yeah, we had some good guests. I had a pretty special one. I'm going to tell uh, right now. I actually got to jump in to see a Thieves, The Legend of Monkey yes. Island. Oh, I yeah. was watching that. That Tall was great. I was jealous. One. Thank you, Paris. And I know Gary's a big fan of The Legend of Monkey Island. And yeah. I thought about you as I got a guided tour of Melee Island, 
with one Mike Chapman from Sea of Thieves and okay. Rare. It was a really good time, Gary. Nice. I, I, I saw Danny O'Dwyer was tweeting some stuff about it, and it looks like they got some real um, Monkey Island deep cuts in there. Like Monkey cuts. Island fanatics are going to see all those little Easter eggs. The voice actors are back, too. Yeah. Original yeah. voice actors. Uh, the cast is awesome. It is very different from what we experienced with, of course, A Pirate's Life with the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean vibes, where that was kind of more, as Mike describes it, a action theme park ride. This is more explore the island, kind of solve puzzles like you would in the point-and-click adventure. Uh, very minimal combat in this. So actually really well done and a different vibe to see at Thieves than you're used to, which I really enjoyed. I liked yeah. it a lot. The, but they have now pretty much exhausted all the other pirate franchises, right? Like, what else, what, what else what's left? <laughs> well, you know what? We had a good couple of comments over in the YouTube. Of course, you can catch this live. This is a very special, kind of funny X-Cast one-off. Two hours of me playing through Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island, Tall Tale number one of three. So go check it out. Really awesome kind of dev diary with myself and Mike. But in the YouTube comments, two big ones stood out to me, Gary. Peter Pan. Didn't think of Peter Pan. What do you think about that one? Oh, Captain Hook? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could go that yeah, way. Yeah, you could do that. I don't think that's a bad one. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're an anime lover like me, One Piece. Hell of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess Come on. I, literally, oh, that's all I know about One Piece is it's about pirates. <laughs> that's all I know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any other pirates ones out there. Actually, Paris, one, you mentioned it. One Piece is kind of an obvious one. one it's, so, it's massive, right? One Piece is huge. Paris, do you have any other pirate ones that you'd like to see for Sea of Thieves? Okay, this wouldn't fit into Sea of Thieves, but I'm a child of the 80s, and Gary, you might remember this movie, Ice Pirates. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah I mean, that was more in outer space, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the only classic. other one was, uh, remember, Gina Davis and Matthew Modine and yes. Cutthroats back in the day? About that. No, yeah, Cutthroat yeah. Island. Yeah, the movie okay. that I think I think that actually destroyed the studio that made it and lost so much money. Well, then, let's not put that on rare then. Let's not do that to rare. Uh, but yes, yeah, just some fun times showing that off, and it's great to have you both back. We have a really cool show. We have some really awesome Xbox news to share with the audience that I'm excited to get into, and most importantly, we got Paris back. And I've missed That's Paris, the main and I'm thing. happy to have him back. So get ready for some Paris thoughts here on the X-Cast, because, of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And, of course, on Rooster Teeth and podcast services around the globe. Some dope housekeeping for you. Of course, the man running the ones and twos, the director of the X-Cast and all of the Kind of Funny Game shows. Barrett Courtney has a very special Kind of Funny Presents The Legend of Zelda in review part two. Every Zelda review and ranked up right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. This is a Barrett Courtney passion project, something that is truly special. If you love The Legend of Zelda, if you love Barrett Courtney, please go check this out because it was dope. Watched it last night as I fell asleep, and uh, it was the perfect thing. How um, how comprehensive is this? Does, does Barrett get into the CDI stuff, like the really weird shit? No. Okay. <laughs> he gets into some weird stuff that I've never seen as a not big Zelda fan. I'm like, oh man, this guy's got a lot of games. And There's a couple of Zelda games on the uh, on the CDI back in the days of like early interactive CD stuff mm. that are just so. I mean, they have to be seen to be believed. And I think most Zelda people, mm -hmm. I don't know what you call Zelda fans, Zelda people, yeah, don't think of them or okay. include them in in any kind of canonical. Uh, retrospective, but they are the you know they're kind of like the Ewok movies of you know like Caravan of Courage and whatever the other one was called. Like they're technically part of the canon, but like we you know 
we don't talk about them in okay. polite conversation. Polite company. Maybe that could be part three, Barrett, the games we don't talk about. Yeah, the Zelda games we don't talk about, yeah. Of course, another cool one for you. Paris Lily, you were one dominant force in KFW. And, of course, you know here at Kind of Funny, we love wrestling. And I am happy to report that myself and many of the KFW stable are in the upcoming game wrestling wrestle quest coming out next week which is pretty freaking rad to say that i'm in a video game wow you can play as Snowbike mike the high powered pretty dope looking can I, huh? can I complain can i complain complain paris i love this let's be clear i yep. love that that you all are in this but i'm complaining that i'm not <laughs> seeing that i am the voice of the commish of uh-huh. kfw yep. am i not in it on We'll have to uh, bring that up with, of course, Mega Cat Studios. <laughs> we'll thank them once again for putting myself and the team in the video game. Pretty I've, dope. I've stopped complaining about Lee getting left out of things like this. I just. just what do you mean? You two came out as the tag team. You guys are a dominant tag team force in KFW. Yeah, but the like, X Cat. We're not in this. I'm not in this yeah, game. Yeah. It's my turn, Gary. It's my turn. Oh, it's your turn. <laughs> my turn. Okay. This is my turn. You get the next one. <laughs> WrestleQuest, I'm in it. Go check it out. Uh, of course, don't forget about that brand new Kind of Funny X-Cast one-off where I explore the world of Sea of Thieves and the Legend of Monkey Island. You go check that out on YouTube right now as well. And of course, don't forget, we are now Epic Games Partners, which means if you're buying games off the Epic Games Store, you can help support the team in a brand new way by, of course, using our Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny, at checkout if you're upgrading your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or more. Thanks for using that code. Of course, we always like to thank those who support us over on Patreon. Thank you to everybody that watches live, gets ad-free viewing, and enjoys a bevy of bonus content like Kind of Feudy and Daily Gregways. I hope you all enjoy that, and thank you so much for your support. We always like to thank those at the Patreon producer level for the month of August, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney. Wow. Two Delaney's Love on Delaney's. There. Like yeah. that. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Honey, BetterHelp, and Shady Rays. But myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Paris, we got a really special one to kick off the show. And Gary, I know you're an old school World of Warcraft junkie. You love oh, yeah. a good MMORPG. We were talking about it earlier when we were playing Diablo together, yeah. And I missed that? You, you, you missed some of uh, my uh, no, World of Warcraft uh, reminiscences. Well, I got some special. But yeah, I was hard, a hardcore PvP raiding guild back in the day. Yeah. The hit, critically acclaimed, epic Final Fantasy XIV is now coming to Xbox. Yeah. Final Fantasy fans, rejoice if you're an Xbox user because it is finally time. Announced at the Final Fantasy Fan Fest, Final Fantasy XIV is coming to Xbox Series consoles. Planned for a spring 2024 release and with an open beta in the future very, very soon. Of course, you know the hit MMORPG has been PlayStation and PC exclusive for its entire lifespan. It's now coming to Xbox. Thanks to, of course, our good friend Phil Spencer and the team at Xbox. Here's some deets you need to know about. Of course, Phil joined the team during FanFest to celebrate that with director Yoshi P to announce the partnership coming to Xbox. It's coming to your Xbox Series X and S consoles. The versions will have faster loading times and, of course, support 4K on the Series X console. The game will also host cross-platform play so you can make new friends on PlayStation and PC. And, of course, Xbox will receive the full version of the game It will not be lacking in any content, and it will get you ready to rock and roll for the brand new expansion coming later on in summer 2024, Dawn Dawn Trail. So get ready for that one. Of course, it is a downloadable-only title, so don't look for a physical copy. Make sure you know that one. So, Gary Witt, as my MMO guy, 
Are you jazzed up about Final Fantasy XIV? Well, I mean, first of all, for those who may not, because I wasn't aware of this, but Final Fantasy XIV is massive. It's mm-hmm. huge. Yes. In fact, there was a period, you may remember, I think it was like last year that it, be, it had become so popular that they, had, they actually had to like stop signups for a while <laughs> because they couldn't handle it, the number of people that were trying to get in. Um, and I don't remember what, what it was that precipitated that. I think that World of Warcraft's been bleeding people for a while. People are looking for alternatives. I messed around with, um, um, what was the name of the Amazon one that was turned out? New World. New World. I mm-hmm. wasted a bunch of time on that. It was not good. Uh, and I did briefly mess around on the PC with Final Fantasy XIV. Didn't get into it, but I think it's because I didn't really give it a shot. I think on console, I'm more likely to kind of... I've been looking for a new MMO for a while to scratch that yep, itch. I haven't yep. seriously been into an MMO since my World of Warcraft days, and I haven't played that probably more than a decade. So I've, I've been looking for that next big MMO. I'll give When it comes to Xbox, definitely, yeah, with the Discord integration they have on Xbox now, especially if we can find a small group to play with, yeah, I could be in. What about you? Are you going to play it? I'm pretty jazzed up about it. I will give it a try. I don't know if this is the one for me. I, as someone who loves World of Warcraft, grew up with that. I've always had a tough time jumping into a new MMO. Right. The only one that really stood out to me was City of Heroes and City of Villains. That oh, had yeah. a nice short-lived lifespan that was really, really good. But I've tried other ones like Wildstar. I've tried ESO. I've tried Black Desert, Neverwinter. A number of these games came to xbox i think it's so rad to see mmos on console right something that's usually just stuck on a place or a pc yeah, Elder Scrolls online. Day, I mean, now it's on consoles everywhere i really like that so i've tried a number none of them have ever stuck like wow but uh this is 10 years i will i will, content, I, will, so I, will I will give it a shot and it's like it's, it's, it is a big deal for xbox because it's a, again it's one of the, i think it's one of those things where if you're not aware of it mm-hmm. like if you're not in that world like you don't realize what a big deal it is but final fantasy 14 is massive paris i want to get you involved of course this is massive news and everybody's very excited it also could lead to maybe more partnerships as well of course we had one more tease at the end of all of this we we're celebrating the game coming to xbox platforms and then Director of Final Fantasy XIV, Yoshi P, said, you know what, Phil? Let's let's continue this fun fest. Let's bring out CEO of Square Enix, uh, Takahashi Kiru, to come out and say some nice, kind words about Phil, and then also give us this. And one more thing. As CEO of Square Enix, we want to continue to deliver fabulous games to fans across the world. And, of course, we want to welcome the Xbox community as well. And starting with today's announcement of Final Fantasy XIV coming in spring 2024, and whenever possible, we are planning to bring our games to Xbox players around the world to enjoy. We're looking forward to working closely with Phil and the Xbox team to make this possible. Paris, I'm sure Square Enix fans and Final Fantasy fans are losing their minds because we've been waiting for Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy XVI just came out as well. Console mm-hmm. exclusive on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, could this be something special of a partnership, Paris? Is it time finally? I, I, I think it is. I think it is. And I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching this have probably seen that viral video from Ginger Prime mm. um, where he reacted to this news because it is a big deal that we're getting these Final Fantasy games to come to the Xbox platform, even more specifically 14 to everything that Gary was just talking about. It's an MMO. You want it on every platform it can possibly be on so of course you you would want it on the xbox platform because it's just going to bring more players into that game but to look ahead to the future and to see future final fantasy titles and other square enix titles being on the xbox platform potentially maybe they even come to game pass as well i i think it's a big deal i think again as, as gamers i mean you know xbox specifically it's exciting news it's really big deal 
that we've celebrated Phil and the team working hard to continue to grow those partnerships out in the East and work hard on delivering titles that people ask for. And I think they've done a stellar job thus far, but there's always room for improvement, right? You can never stop and settle. You got to continue to grow. And I think this was a big announcement last week. Yeah, listen, I mean, big deal. Square and particularly the Final Fantasy franchise ever since the days of like the PlayStation 2 um, has primarily been, I mean, you can go back and further and obviously it started on Nintendo, but um, for like the majority of its lifespan, like in the like Final Fantasy VII and beyond, when Final Fantasy Final Fantasy really really blew up big, it's always been I think considered a place a place a thing for PlayStation gamers first and foremost. And Xbox has you know kind of gotten the scraps, but it seems like that's changing now. And if we and if if, if Square and Final Fantasy in particular is going to become like true a truly multi-platform franchise, that's that's seismic. That's that's a big deal. Now, Paris, do you think, of course, this is future? Final Fantasy and Square Enix games, do you think we will finally see some sort of headway to Final Fantasy VII coming to this Xbox platform or even the hottest, newest release this year, Final Fantasy sixteen? I think so. There, there's probably some contractual stuff with, with 7 and 16 to where they're going to have to wait it out before they come to the Xbox platform. But the fact that Phil Spencer himself walked out on stage with the CEO of Square Enix, to me, that says moving forward, they're going to be day and day titles coming to the platform, which again is, is a good thing. Music to my ears. Cause you that final fantasy 16 is real good. Y'all Phil should just fucking buy them. <laughs> really, well, that was a, well, well, really, really drive that knife. in. Yeah. I, I think that was in the FTC lawsuit. We yeah. saw some filings, maybe 2019. They were looking at them or something like that. So yeah, yeah I it think they're be sick of purchase. putting up with this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Hoover it all up. Now Paris, we have also gone, Kind of a full week, almost two weeks, without any sort of crazy ABK deal news as well. It's been kind of calm, just so you know. I don't know if you've missed out on that on vacation, but it's been nice calm over here. We haven't had to talk about that deal too much. Thankfully, thankfully, I didn't pay attention, so <laughs> it's been a good thing. I mean, at this point, right, It's they're just dotting I's and crossing T's with the UK, and then it's going to close at some point, probably in the next month or so. So I think everyone around the industry just assumes that it's happening. I mean, the fact that you even got Hasbro coming out talking about, man, I hope you didn't lose those Transformers, uh, you know, uh, you know, digital copies or whatever, because we would love to see those come back and then Activision confirming that they did not lose them. The fact that, you know, they're spinning up old uh, Call of Duty multiplayer servers as well. It looks like unofficially they're ramping up so that when this when the dust does settle, you know, they'll probably come out, make it official, talk about future plans, and then we'll start seeing some of these Activision legacy Activision titles uh, coming to the platform. I think they still have a little bit of work to do in the UK from the thing I read most recently, like they're still kind of talking to the regulators there and trying right. to, you know, get to a point where everyone's happy, but they'll get there. The last domino is going to fall. And you yeah. Know. yeah, it's working out to possibly be a great holiday season. If this yeah. were all fall by fall into the holiday could really ramp things up and really start off a great start to 2024, which I'm sure you know, we've talked about it a lot after Redfall and waiting for those dominoes to continue to fall and really need to be in place. Another great domino to set up and push over and try to start the line heading into the next year, which could be big for them. Yeah. Forza on the way. Starfield is just one month away, which is crazy, crazy. to think about. Yeah. We are right around the corner for some great games here on the Xbox ecosystem. And yeah, adding that ABK deal, let's just keep that. God, I, I really hope that Star, Starfield is a 10 out of 10. Because, you know, because 
not to revisit this, but you know that's the only acceptable outcome, right? Like nine out of ten is not going to be good enough. Why not? Nine out of ten is good. I was, yeah, I was good. ranting about this on no, my I'm personal channel. No, I'm saying for this game. Yeah. The, the, again, it's one of those too big uh -huh. to fail. Like everything's riding on it. Like the hype is so high. Don't you think that it has to? Don't you think the expectations are are set really, really, really high? Like ten out of ten high. Now, Paris, you know I've been yelling for the past couple of months now that Starfield does need to be a game of a generation because that is what we expect out of these teams. That's what they've made, right? Like Skyrim has survived for all these years and a decade now because it was a game of a generation type situation. What about Fallout 4, though? Fallout 4, good. Fallout 4, great. Fallout but did 4? it need to be a game of the generation, Mike? No, not that one, no. No, that uh -huh. didn't, no. Now, now I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Gary in this sense on yep. a kind of funny scale. I think it needs to be a five out of five. I do. Um, I mean, depending on which yeah. website you go to and how they review games, I think a nine out of 10 would be acceptable. But I think the way that we review games and the way we scale them, this should be a five out of five. I, I think if it's four out of five, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's a good game. You want to go play it. But to Gary's point of all the hype, everything that people have been saying about it coming off of that direct, obviously us talking to Todd Howard about it, I'm expecting it to be a five out of five. If it was the exact same game coming from a lesser known developer that didn't have the same pedigree and it wasn't, and it hadn't recently just been bought by Microsoft and it wasn't so tied mm -hmm. to, you know, the perceived fortunes of the entire Xbox platform, it would be a different proposition, but it's yeah. not, it is all of those things. And so it is going to be held to a higher standard. And, and to be clear on that, I'm personally expecting there's going to be some bugs. I don't care how much they've QA'd this, which I'm sure has been extensive. The game is just so big that there's going to be some bugs. But as long as they're not game breaking, I'm losing my save progress. I can't, you know, I can't continue type of bugs. I mean, it, it's probably going to be acceptable. Yeah, on this it's scale. Not, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. as long as it's not cyberpunk. It's not going to be that. <laughs> no. That would be crazy, Gary. That would be crazy. I don't know if there'll Just ever be me... another cyberpunk. Yeah. No, there will. Of course there will be. Because oh. no one ever learns uh -huh. the right lessons. But I, th I, I do think that cyberpunk, for all of the horror show that that was, if it, if it did any good, it, it served as a cautionary tale for other developers to like, don't even try to ship something that is that badly broken just to get it out in a particular fiscal quarter or whatever, because it will end up costing you in the long run. It will be exciting to see. We're one month away. We know a lot of details all about it, but there's still a lot of unknowns. I think the fun part for me in particular is when I look at this game, what will be those planets that are handcrafted that we know have mm -hmm. a lot of things going on? And what will those planets be that don't have the procedural ones? On? Yeah. The, yes. Is that wowing? Is this something fun? Is this turnout a month from now going, man, I don't like this at all. There's no point of going here. Of course, the modding team, those people that are out there in the modding nation are going to go wild with that kind of stuff. That also allows for a lot of DLC and expansions for this team to cook up different things on some of those planets that haven't been used. But yeah, for me, it's what will those be like for me? And, I wanna... and, and also just to kind of step back one more even from that is the it'll answer the question of well, how important even is it that those, those thousands of planets are interesting in, in and of themselves? It may well be that the, that the, the handcrafted core planets, there's plenty to do there. And you just, like so I said, I, I don't I ever want to leave Space Vegas, whatever that Space Vegas uh, planet no, is, I'm, I'm going to hang there. Down. Yep. Right? Can, can I say this, and, and, and I will keep it anonymous, Anonymous, okay. okay. I may or may not have talked to someone that has been playing Starfield. Whoa! And they may or may not have 
got me pretty hyped for it in the sense that this anonymous person said that they would they're going to be very fascinated to see how it's reviewed just because of the size of of what this game is just how big it is and and i'll leave it at that but Okay. conversation i had got it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be one of those tricky ones and i know patrick klepek was talking about this recently is that with games of this size and scale it's hard i think for a lot of outlets a lot of reviewers to be there on launch day with a comprehensive review yeah. unless they've been given a lot of time to this is not a game that i think you can reach a judgment on after like 48 hours of playing yeah, I mean, you can no, you can no, get like a first no. impressions review out mm -hmm. of the box, but like this is why now we have the whole concept of like a review in progress or reviews that get updated because there are games that hit different after six months of play yeah. or even six weeks of play. Like, you, like Starfield is a game of, of such size and scope that it may be that you need to play it for 100 hours to really get a sense of how good it is or isn't, yeah. right? And, but I, I don't know how much advanced time... I would like to think that Bethesda, when they're doing this, are giving the reviewers enough advanced time to play it to 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 get an, a big enough sense of it that when their review drops it it's accurate and it isn't just well here's what the first 48 hours is like but who knows about the rest you know can we, well, can we can, hit the brakes on that really quick paris because i want yeah. i want to dive deeper into this especially with you two Let, yeah. let's hit the brakes and let's talk about reviewing this game and like reviewing in general because i'm here with my two gaming dads you guys have a lot of expertise in this business you guys have reviewed games before and i, I do want to talk about that and i want to i want to pick your brains because Paris, we have spoke about it now on Kind of Funny Content. You will be the lead reviewer here at Kind of yeah. Funny for Starfield on the Games Cast, and then we will have all your questions answered on the X Cast shortly afterwards. But let's talk about that. I want to know your reviewing process. How much time do you need? I want to pick your guys' brains about this when we talk about a game like this. No, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up, Mike, because I was going to bring up the same exact thing. Um, I, yeah, I am doing the lead review for Starfield for Kind of Funny, and... To Gary's point, it really comes down to how much time are they going to give us with the game? Is is a week enough? Probably not. Is two weeks enough? I don't know, right? So we'll we'll see, obviously, once review codes go out and we can start playing the game. But And also inside baseball, part of it is you want to finish the game to do the review. Is that enough time to truly finish the game and not feel like you're just rushing through content to say that you finished the game. Well, so That's Paris, let, of, let me ask you this. Given, yeah. that, given that there are many unknowables, what's the release date of the game? September 6th. September 6th, There will be right? early access well, for really, people really, who pre-order. Really, so, September, really September 1st. Yeah. Okay, so, let's, so, really we're, so we're a month out, right? Let's say a the month. clock's yeah. ticking now, 30 days from when you need to have a review ready. At what point, how many days out where you still haven't got a review code, are you going to start to worry about, do I have enough time to really get my teeth into this game? If it's less than two weeks, right. I'll be concerned. Yeah, yeah. I think two weeks seems like two a good weeks is your number. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay, even for you, Gary, as well, two I weeks. I mean, again, it's hard to know not knowing the game, but I mean, just the general sense of it, I kind of feel like, yeah, you need a good couple of weeks playing like several hours a day to really get like even a, a, a sense of what the big picture of the yeah. game is. Like core mechanics and things like that, you can figure out fairly quickly. But in terms of like, what is the long tail of this game? What kind of life is it going to have? beyond you know just the initial first couple of weeks yeah you've 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 got to play a lot a lot 
I feel like I feel like two weeks will be sufficient to go through the story, right? You should okay. be able to do the story start to finish in that amount of time. But my concern is if I want to live out my space pirate fantasy, is that enough time for me to do that? The various factions that you potentially could join. You know, when we talk about the exploration aspect of it, all the different planets, is that going to be enough time for me to go to these different planets? Um, we talked setting up outposts, the trading scenarios, a lot of these things that we talked with Todd Howard about is two weeks enough time to truly ingest all of that and give an educated opinion about it when it comes to the review. We'll obviously see here coming up soon, but that, that's what's kind of in the back of my head when, when I think about it. And, Beth- and Bethesda should know that, right? Bethesda know what they've got better they, than anyone else. Yeah. And so if they're very confident that this is a game that is massive and is good and, and that their initial reviews out of the gate are going to benefit from reviewers being being given enough time to go, oh my god, like two weeks, and I'm still barely like getting you know my you know my teeth into it. It's so big that that's on that behooves them then to make sure that reviewers have that time. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that as well. Yeah, because there's two two things I want to touch on. Let's talk about that really quick. Right. Does that behoove them to give reviewers more time? Is it more enticing now that I read your review and go, man, I've had this for two weeks and it's still not enough? Is that what people want to see, or do they want to see Paris had? Uh, plenty of time to get me the full comprehensive thing and he's done it all right what what is the kind of mindset going into this with a game this big where you want to promote there's content for decades you could play you can get lost in this for hundreds of hours yeah and i think that most people understand that no no one's expecting like day one really re- reviews to give you a sense of like is there a year's worth of like gameplay here right you're only you're only going to know that after a year but you can start to get a sense of how big a world is out there and what the opportunities are. Again, with with Skyrim and games like that, it's really the the long tail of the game has really been what players have brought to it. Things that they the things that they've come up with, mods, way, ways to kind of do things. Even the developers were like, oh wow, like we didn't see we didn't think you could do that, but some mm-hmm. player figured it yeah. out. So all of that stuff, I think a lot of reviews, you know, are probably gonna have something in along the lines of like only time will tell, like just like just how much how replayable or how much longevity this game has but like for now you know you'll you'll be able to come to some kind of you know temporary like ephemeral conclusion like for now it seems like there's a ton of stuff here or you'll get a sense if there's like a lot there or not within those couple of weeks and again just about something to my original but that's why i think but it's tough right because they're going to want to get the game you know every day right they're they're doing more and more and more and they guarantee you that what reviewers are going to get two weeks ahead of time is not going to be the version that ships because there'll be a day one patch right they'll they'll keep fixing it right up until like when paris gets the game i guarantee you they're going to have like a crib sheet of like here are the things that we're still working on or are going to be patched on day one or whatever yeah take those into consideration because almost every game's like that now right um but again i think if blizzard sorry if, if bethesda feel confident that they have a game that like playing it for a long time is really gonna is gonna sell it more than just like the first forty eight hours. And yeah, they need to make sure that reviewers have as much time. So they're gonna have to thread that needle between what's the latest we can get it to them so that the game's in the best possible shape, mm-hmm. but also gives gives reviewers enough runway to really get their teeth into it and get a sense for the scope. Yeah, my hope is, and we'll obviously see how it plays out. My hope is I can do the story start to finish, credits roll, but there's basically like an in-game component to it where then I can go back in and there's obviously other exploration things I can do, factions I can join, things like that. If not, then probably my initial playthrough is not going to be my ongoing playthrough, if that makes sense. I'll probably stop and completely start over and start doing other things where I want to focus on a certain aspect of the game versus trying to do a 
you know, a catch all of, well, let me, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me go to this plan. Let me do that because I want to get a full taste of what the game has to offer, you know, so I can give an educated opinion on, on everything that the game can do versus, like I said before, I want to have the space pirate. Like I want to be a space pirate where I'm just jacking ships and, you know, doing that whole thing and maybe set up some crime syndicate or something, right. If possible, but that may not be enough time for me to do something like that within two weeks, two or three weeks. You know what and I mean? This, and this yeah. is why we have now the concept of like, you know, living, like evolving reviews, right? As games have become a live right. service mm-hmm. and they're constantly being updated, so too are the reviews now. We have reviews in progress. We'll come back after six months or a year and reevaluate. I'm, I mean, my wife is playing Tears of the Kingdom right now. She's been playing that since day one. That game's been out for months, right? Yeah. And like, she's still discovering new me- Like, Oh my God, I, like, you can do this? I didn't even know the game's like, the game's introducing new mechanics like after hundreds of hours of gameplay. That's where we are now with some of these larger games. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I, you know, obviously, again, you can never be expected to, to, to experience all of that by day one. But yeah, I think that, the, here's what I would say. The conversation that we'll be having about Starfield you know, after let's say Paris's potential two weeks of reviewing it on day one, and the conversation we'd be having about it a year later would be two different conversations. Yeah, definitely. Paris, my final one since we're talking about the review process is yeah, let's pick your brain on like what are the big things that you want to hit. Of course, we talk about the shotgun blast of like trying to do everything in such a big world, right? What are some of the big hits that you want to hit here? Is there anything that you're looking at from the story to shipbuilding to base building? I got to join every faction. I got to do side quests. I got to go to a th- I got to go to 998 planets, Mike, to make sure that hits, right? What are some of the big hits that you want to try to do in your review? See, it's funny. Like, I think you hit on everything just in what you were saying. I think what's going to suffer the most is going to be some of the side quest stuff because there just simply may not be enough time, you know, to really deep dive into those. But yeah, the character creator right off the top, really get extensive with that. Understand everything that you can do with that. The shipbuilding, like we we're just talking about, um, again, setting up the outpost, the exploration of going to different planets. What What is the different alien life that I potentially will find in that 10% of planets that we'll go to? What are these barren planets are gonna look like? Um, yeah, the faction joining. Um, just thinking, even from weapons, I want. I definitely want to try out the various weapons yep. and seeing how how that combat's going to go. Was the melee combat going to look like? Look, even though Todd Howard wouldn't say it, is there a freaking black hole in there? We're going to check that out. Like, is there fishing, Gary? Yeah. Like, there's all these things that you at least want to attempt to go see if if it's possible to do in the game, so so you can talk about it. Um, it just seems like it's going to be a lot. It just this game just seemed like it's going to be a lot. So. To what we've all been saying, I think the initial reviews that come out, there will be absolutely be different perspectives on this game six, nine months from now, a year from now. I think the Tears of the Kingdom example is great. I was having a conversation this weekend with a friend that has put in 100 hours into that game and still does not have the Master Sword. Here's, here's an interesting. <laughs> okay, here's, here's a question about how you because I haven't I used to review games professionally yeah, I know, done, done it for many years. And games were not as big as this when I was doing my thing. So and I, this is an interesting question. I suppose what is what, in, this, in this with this game specifically, but I guess you could also ask this more generally. Like, how should you approach reviewing a game, a game like this? Like, Paris knows that he's got. Let's say he knows he's got two weeks to play this game, and he's going to be expected to come and talk about it, right? Now, does that mean that you should play it in such a way that you're conscious of the fact that you're reviewing? And like, I've got to make sure I try as many aspects of the game as possible. And like, you know, it's like you go to a, like if you're reviewing a restaurant, you're right. You, 
got to like try everything on the menu and like get a good feel for yeah, it? Yeah. Or should you just play it the way that anyone who just brought the game home from GameStop is going to play it on day day one? Should you try to experience the game the way that a regular person would play it? Or are you coming at it as a reviewer where you're trying to make sure that you experience as much of it as possible in the time that you have? Great question. See, I think, I don't think you're rolling credits if you do that. Not in two weeks, not, not in two, maybe three weeks, maybe, but I think two weeks or less, I don't think you're going to have enough time to do it that way. If I'm just playing it as I normally would, there's no way because I'm going to, there's so many things that I'm going to want to do or take my time with that. I just wouldn't be able to roll credits by that point. I, again, I'm just giving my own perspective on it. My perspective is I want to experience the story from start to finish 100%. The other things I at least want to dabble in along the way. So I can say that I've at least tried them and here's what you potentially could expect when you pick up the game to play. The big positive here, kind of funny is we're a small team. And a lot of that team will be a part of this review alongside Paris. So the coolest part is like, we're not just one article and a number, right? We are a conversation, a discussion with multiple voices that will all experience this game differently than Paris, myself, and yourself. And the cool part that I always find about our podcast is Paris is the lead reviewer, right? He's going to put the big number on the team for it. But at the same time, Paris is going to have a conversation with five different people and all of their different experiences are going to come together, right? Mike, I'm really excited about companions. I want to know all about the companions, right? Gary might come at it totally different. He's just into base building, right? Like I think everybody's going to have some sort of different view where you're going to get a lot more out of this conversation with five people as opposed to just one soul just working as hard as they can. No, that's good. I, I definitely appreciate like having multiple yeah. perspectives. But back, back in the day when I was reading uh, print game magazines, the game magazines that I always went to were the ones that had opinions from more than one reviewer. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's and when great... there was dissent, it was interesting. Like, you know, cause no two people, you know, think the same way. That's a good conversation with my gaming dads. I'm happy we had that. It, it is so exciting. And yeah, it's cool, Gary, to like, think about what you used to do at PC gamer way back in the day. What was that like for you reviewing games? And of course now with Paris and yourself in like today's age where the games are much bigger, like you said, there is so much more to do. What does that review look like? How much has that changed? What I are mean, some of the key points you look for? Night and day different back in the days of print, when we're dealing with much longer lead times, we often were working off a, in order to have a review on the shelves in a print magazine at the same time when it's useful, like in the same window that the game is actually in stores, we would often have to um, review versions of the game that, you know, that, that sheet of like, Oh, these are the things that are going to be packed that will be fixed. That was much longer because the game was in a less often in a less finished state. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have, cause the, the you know, you, you can publish a review, finish a review and publish it that day. When we would, when, when I would write my review, that was still weeks away from being on a, on a shelf because it would have to go to the printer and there was a whole, I mean, it sounds like, you know, the stone age and it was compared to what we have today, but that was, that was very um, different. But we, we, we tried to do, I remember on PC Gamer, one thing I introduced was like, it shouldn't just be one person's opinion. We had like a little, what we called a box out where like a second person who played the game had weighed in and like would either agree or, or cool. disagree. Yeah. There'd be like the minority report, you know, someone else would dissent or whatever. Cause yeah. And, and, and so I, I love the way that you guys do it because I guarantee you there's going to be differences of opinion oh, in yeah. Starfield. 100%. Right. And you're going to, and cause everyone, you know, I often say no two people view the exact same piece of art because every single person views it through the through their own unique lens. And that lens is colored by your past experiences, your tastes, your prejudices, prejudices, your preferences. Everyone sees something different. 
And so, you know, I think it's you, you, it's very rare, unless sometimes you can find a reviewer, you're like, oh, I generally agree with that person. And you, yeah. and you, and you look for their review. But for the most part, I think it's, it's more useful to have a, a breadth of opinion, which I, I like the way that you guys do it, where you sit around and talk and discuss it. Really rad stuff. And of course, Gary, you're part of that team. We're going to be discussing Starfield for a long, long time. One month away until release. So buckle up and get ready to go explore the galaxy together. But we have so much more show to go. But I want to take a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it to your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before this ad read is even over. And you know what else works fast? Honey's deal finding abilities. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that and then if it finds a working coupon you will find the prices drop we've saved thousands of dollars thanks to honey buying costumes props tech over the years honestly not using honey is just silly honey doesn't just work on desktop it works on your iphone too just activate it on safari on your phone and you get to save on the go getting honey seriously only takes a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny this episode's brought to you by shady rays take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures just like mike likes them shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked and every purchase supports the shady rays impact program which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life from childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions exclusively for y'all listening right now shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people Again, that's shadyrays.com. Use code kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know life can be hard. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. For more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash kind of funny today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kind of funny betterhelp.com slash kind of funny all right guys hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Let's jump into it. Of course, something really dope that's happening here at the end of the month is Gamescom. Gary, you and I talked about it just a little bit ago on previous episodes. But now we got the full deets coming from Team Xbox. And this is their largest booth they've ever done at a gaming expo. And it sounds rad. I mean, honestly, Paris... This sounds like a gamer's dream. I wish I was oh, yeah. going out there to experience this because what this team has talked about, it looks and sounds awesome. There are three different blocks in this giant spot that they have, and there is a lot going on. And I want to fill the best friends in with the cool stuff that Xbox is doing because we just talked Starfield. They've built a 300-person theater to show off Starfield, Forza, and our, our, our stories untold, history untold, which is going to be really dope. So let's talk about it really quick. Of course, Gamescom, the world's largest gaming event, takes place in Cologne, Germany on August 24th through the 27th for public viewing hours. Xbox will host its largest booth space ever, featuring 30 games to play, 150 gaming stations, photo ops, and a special 300-seat theater. Exclusive theater presentations of Starfield, Forza Motorsport, and Aura History Untold will be going down. You can get your hands on Xbox games like Towerborn and ESO and Microsoft Flight Sim and over 25 titles from third-party partners like Stalker 2, Payday 3, Jacent, Armored Core 6, Cyberpunk, and Quantic Dreams under the waves. They'll also be celebrating 10 years of ID at Xbox with titles to play like Lamplighters League, SteamWorld Build, Another Crab's Treasure, and most importantly... Party animals will be Finally, there. party animals. Finally. You know how much I can't We've been wait waiting for, for a long time for Shout party out to animals. party animals. So here's the breakdown. Because, man, oh, man, I got, I got pages of floor designs for you that I got to show you and tell you about. Because it's crazy over there in Germany. There will be nine photo ops, Gary. Starfield, ESO, Aura History Untold, Sea of Thieves, Forza Motorsport, Hellblade. Uh, there will be a meet and greet for Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, Diablo, Cyberpunk. Nine photo ops for you and I to get our Instagram followers up. What is it you're having your photograph taken with? Well, I'm sure there will be a dope backdrop, maybe like some cool props, you know a what I mean? A giant statue or something. Yeah, yeah okay, you know, sure. you know it'll right. be fun stuff. And then there's experiences. Towerborn will have a claw machine. Sea of Thieves and Hellblade will both have face painting and spray-on tattoos. You never oh, yeah. know. Okay, more. 
They will host three days of three-hour live streams from the Xbox booth on the show floor that can be found on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. It says, join our live streams for hours of gameplay, developer interviews, and community segments led by some of your favorite international Xbox hosts, which I'm very jazzed up about because they have an incredible lineup of hosts that they bring in from all around the globe. And I like getting to hear their different voices and perspectives and the hype that they bring to the fun interviews. And of course, it doesn't stop there, Gary. We have even more to tell you about. Xbox Fan Fest at Gamescom will host an in-person and virtual experience. So if you're in the area for Gamescom, they will host an after-hours booth event for early access to the Xbox Games Ca- or Gamescom booth, connect with Team Xbox, fellow Xbox players, and so much more. And then finally, Gary, this is a big one. Go on. And I continue to love what they do. They're making their booth welcoming to all. All areas of the booth will be wheelchair accessible, have adaptive controllers upon request available, adjustable desk heights for certain stations, and also host multiple American Sign Language and German Sign Language interpreters. You love to see it. Come on. This booth has got it all. And, man, I could keep talking about it because I'm jazzed up just (laughs) thinking about it. Paris, let's talk about it. A big Gamescom presence is this showing Microsoft at their strongest? What's going on over here? Yeah, I mean, this seems like they're. This is a big deal for them. Um, I was lucky enough to go in 2019 and uh, see the Xbox booth then, and it was huge. So the fact that this is going to be even bigger than that, um, yeah, they seem pretty confident. Obviously, a great lineup of games that are going to be available there. The news that excites me the most out of this, and I'm going to make a, a small prediction as well. Ooh. The fact that Stalker 2 is there and it's playable. Are we getting this in 2023? I'm going to say yes in December, and they're going to announce it at opening night live. That's my prediction. We're going to get Stalker 2 this year wow. in December. I'm, I'm getting producer and director Barrett Courtney shooting me the eye. He's giving me they're the gonna side say, They're going to release it in December for it to go out to die a after all that eye. work over years? I was going to say, isn't 2020 High, high came out in, in December? It came yeah, out in December last year. Like, how many conversations did we have about High on Life before everybody forgot it was, about it? It was a hit. Everybody it was a hit. <laughs> yes. Uh, Right. I'm saying, hey, you're not you're not raining on my parade. I'm saying December. Don't I'm rain sticking on his to parade. it. <laughs> well, I don't want to rain. I, I I want Stalker Two to come out. I want to get it. Uh, I want it to it, to get its flowers, especially with all the hard work uh, that team has done and all the stuff that they've gone through over the years. I want them to release their game in a time that people actually care about it. You know, think well, of, wait, think after, of it this way. After Spider Man and way. Starfield, what 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 are the big other games that it would be going up? The big holiday games that it would be in contention with. Called Call Duty, but that will be that will be November. Uh, that will be October. No, that will be one every year. Yeah, October, November. That won't be December though. But, yeah, but if you think from an Xbox right. perspective, well, I'm just thinking. Strictly- I'm not thinking about it of like it fighting other games because yeah, like uh, the last big ones, at least on my calendar, are Spider-Man Two and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Like I'm just thinking yeah. about it. It's past the holiday, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas kind of thing. You know, I don't know. It's just or yeah, it's Black December, Friday and all that stuff. It's, you know? it's day December's one. December's a game weird pass. time to launch a, a video game. Day one on Game Pass though, perfect for the holiday season. Yeah. New mm-hmm. Xbox owners, bada bing, bada mm-hmm. boom. You jump in, mm-hmm. Paris. I like this. I like this. I also like celebrating that team and everything they've gone through to be able to be playable on the show floor, to have Xbox fans be able to touch and play that game, to celebrate it, I think will be a big deal and a big morale boost for that team. That's Imagine this. Imagine this. And and I'm sure someone at Xbox is listening to this rolling their eyes as I say this. But imagine (laughs) it come out in December. 
Now you've gotten past the monster that is October, the monster that's going to be Call of Duty in November. You have time to promote it, to talk about it. Jeff Keighley's doing the Game Awards in early December. You could literally have that team there at the Game Awards that could come out on stage or something. Celebrate. And then the game comes out right after that. Day one on Game Pass, big stage, world, the whole thing. I'm saying, I'm sticking to it. You're not, you're not poo-pooing this for me, Barrett. I'm Garrett, sticking to I'll it. I'll poo-poo all over it, Paris. <laughs> Here's what Barrett does. You telling, you telling Barrett he can't poo-poo? My brain, no, tiny. Garrett, uh, Paris over here, big brain. He's got big brain ideas. You know what I mean? That's brilliant. Paris always takes big swings. I love it, Paris. Yeah, I why like not? That. Have fun with it. Matter of fact, matter of fact, what did we not have the Game Awards last year? Xbox didn't have anything. How about that? You have the stalker two team out there day one on game pass you have some other big surprise as well from xbox matter of fact i'm predicting that too xbox is going to have a huge showing at the game awards to make up for last year there you go hellblade 2 release date yeah. i mean they need something because yeah they were they were completely invisible at yeah. last year right now we celebrate this big booth and all the incredible experiences that's going on gary you've been to a number of gaming events yeah. i know your thoughts on the overcrowdedness, but let's talk about the booth space itself because I think the booth space is something really special, right? As someone who goes to these expos, I want to be wowed by these million-dollar companies. I want them to go all out. I think of PAX West when they had the Resident Evil 2 haunted house, right? You think of Spider-Man over at PAX and they had all the different Spider-Man newspaper uh, trolleys that you could pull out the newspaper and see that going on, right? What do you think about a big booth and showing out? I think it's fun, and I think there's, I think there, even though E3 has, has, has died... Uh, there is still a place for these big, giant, very loud, consumer-facing party-type events when they have, like, zip lines and all kinds of weird shit going on yes. outside. Like, Comic-Con is still that. Uh, PAX, I think, does it currently the best of, of anyone. I still really enjoy going to PAX. PAX, to me, is, like, the right size. It's just big enough. Yeah. I would not go to Gamescom. But, I mean, you're talking to a 51-year-old man. Like, it's too loud. I'm going to be complaining <laughs> about how I just want to sit down after, like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But for the, but for the youngsters, for the young people, brilliant. Yeah, I'm glad there is. I, I think it's like, I'm glad that those events still exist. And I'm glad that Xbox is, you know, rolling out, you know, all the, all the big guns for it. I love it. Put out the green carpet and let's have a ton of fun. So, of course, if you are going to Gamescom around the globe, let us know your thoughts and your excitement level. And, of course, if you are taking part of FanFest virtually and enjoying a good trivia show, we'll see you there. We'll have some fun. I'm going to try to join that and uh, win some prizes with all yeah, of you. I'll be happy to watch it on YouTube at low volume. <laughs> You're the best, Gary. You're the, I need to be there, Gary. I <laughs> want to be there. In a comfortable chair. Put you, in my, me, in and my Paris, slippers. Put you, me, and Paris there on the show floor with microphones. Let's have fun. Never. You, there's not enough money in the world to get me there. <laughs> uh, uh, let's round out the show. I have two more stories for us. Yeah. Uh, we have a really fun write-in from a community member, and we, of course, have a new controller alert. Sound the bells, Gary Witta, because bump, 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 your controller collection is getting better and bigger because there is a new StormCloud Vapor Special Edition controller on the way. The write-up reads this. This controller's rich color will pull you in, featuring a dynamic dark navy swirl, each with its own energy and pattern. 
The design is inspired by clouds and storming skies, with each billowing puff of vapor bringing in a unique design Look at that. to each Look at that. controller. Look at that beauty. Rubberized blue diamond pattern grips. Storm cloud vapor unlocks a brand new dynamic background once you connect your new controller to your Xbox Series X and Ooh, S consoles. love it when you get those dynamic backgrounds. <laughs> you like well. that. The dynamic background features blue swirls in different tones, adding an exciting new theme to your console experience. Can Gary? We, can we get... I would love Come. to have them on as a guest, whoever it is, whose job it is to write that copy. Okay, yeah, yeah. What a job. What a fun it, it job. It kind of reminds me, it's like writing for the old Jay Peterman catalog. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. you got to write some bullshit. It's just a, it's just a cool looking yeah, yeah. controller, but you've got, you've got to write like 500 words on it. Yeah. Like, that is some creative shit if you can fill that out. Hey, dear Xbox, whoever writes up these awesome I want, I want that. Xbox marketing blog yeah. posts about the controller, yeah. send them over. We'll talk to them for 15, 30 minutes. We'll have some fun. And the person whose job it is to name the controllers, what's this one called again? Shadow Wave? <laughs> this is called the Storm Cloud Vapor. Storm Cloud Vapor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the name. It kind of <laughs> sounds like something you would get from like a vape shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh -huh. But... I like, and you know me, when I don't like the aesthetic of a controller, I will say so. I didn't you, like the Horizon one. You didn't? I really don't like that Turtles one. Ah, uh, you hated that. Flat ugly. I was so that's, mad at you But that's that. a good looking controller. Yeah. I didn't like the digital camo one that they did. You didn't like this, that? This one I do like. And I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of doing the passive aggressive thing. I'm tired of doing the subtext thing. Tell him. Dropping hints, hope, hoping Tell that Jeff or, or Phil or Aaron or someone at Microsoft is watching. Oh, we send one to Gary. Send me that controller, please. I want yeah. one. There you go. I'm just, like, why, why, why am I dancing around it? I'm just going to just send me the controller. I would love to have one. You know I've got that Xbox controller collection. I'm very proud of it. The big collection. I've got to add this to it. I will buy it. This is, I, this is actually one where if they don't send it to me, I will go out and buy it because I, I like it. And I, the last thing I need is another fucking yeah, controller. I've got that's like the last 30 thing of them. That's but a I like that one approval. a lot. I want it. Paris, what do you think about this one? The Storm Vapor controller. What do you think? I think it's cool, but to Gary's point, man, I, I got too many controllers as it is. I don't need another one. Too <laughs> many. Too I love, many. Hey, I think the coolest part about this one is the dynamic background. I think that theme looks really, really dope. I do love that they're kind of flexing and getting out of the norm. I really love this kind of storm cloud look that's going on with this. I always enjoy that each one's kind of unique and different depending on how the pattern is placed on the controller faceplate. Like, kudos to them. Let's get out. Let's have some fun. Let's get lost with it. it. I'm into good. it. My daughter, who's almost two, recently discovered all the different colored controllers. Yeah. And is so excited about all the different. She loves that they come in different colors. Oh. And what's particularly adorable about, it, adorable about it is she thinks each controller is for a different game. So when she wants me to play a different game, she brings me a different color smart, controller. Smart. I love That's a smart <laughs> kid right there. All right. Let's round out today's show with a really fun one. Of course, Paris, we missed you the past two weeks. Myself and Gary got to talk about and celebrate the brand new Xbox homepage and give our thoughts initially of what came out day of recording, what we thought of the homepage, what's been going on. Of course, it is still rolling out to some Xboxes and users. I do know that one of my Xboxes still does not have this new homepage on it, but I have experienced it. And this is a pretty good write-in that I wanted to highlight and talk about with both of you and see what your thoughts are. So I'm going to call you Ricky because I'm going to mispronounce your name, so I apologize. It's a uh, Ricky Oli. Ricky Oli. Writes in, not really a question, mostly an opinion piece, but an important one. I want you to talk more about the Xbox I'll, I'll dashboard. Just, I'll, I'll be the judge if it's important. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but an important one. I want you to talk more about the Xbox dashboard redesign. 
You all said how pretty the new home screen is, and I agree. Being able to see more of the background and the new shortcuts are great additions. But you never talk about what happens when you scroll down 13 pages of ads that you cannot hide or move. The previous dash let you customize everything down there. Now it's basically a storefront. You can't even pin more than two groups anymore. I get that there are people that don't spend time on the dashboard, but some people customize it based on their needs. Mine has curated groups organized in a way that prevented choice paralysis. It's a perfect look. He put it up on Reddit. You can go check out his awesome homepage. Now, that's all gone, replaced by pages and pages of ads and suggestions of games I don't care about. I paid $500 for this console, and I pay for Xbox Game Pass every month, and now they bump up the subscription price and serve me way more ads. This is objectively bad and scummy behavior. Being able to see a little bit more of our wallpaper isn't worth it if they remove personalization and stuff, stuff it with ads. That's not pro-consumer. That's not accessibility-oriented. And that's certainly not follow-our-feedback. This new dashboard is a downgrade, and it makes the Xbox and the console with the most ads and fewer games. I'm really bummed. Gary Whitta, I have some breakdowns of my research into what this person thought of the homepage, but is this a valid write-in to you? What do you think about well, this? Well, first, I, I mean, I need to do my own research because I have been, <clears throat> I, last, when we were on here last week, I remember it, I said, I think I've got the new one, and it turns out I do have it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I like the, all the things that I said that I liked about it based on my first impressions last week still stand. I, I like the, the more uniform tiles. I think it looks much neater. Yeah. The quick access bar at the top for me is Sweet. The, that, that's the MVP. That's the best thing they've added. I just basically use that now. So much quicker than bringing on the you know the little panel from the from the left. Super super fast, super easy. I'm not aware the, the, when if you scroll down and see a bunch of ads, I need to go home and like try that. I'm not aware of that because I never scroll that far yeah, down. Yeah. I think I, I get that different people use the Xbox UI in different ways, mm -hmm. but for me, I just want I just want quick access to the games I'm currently playing, and they're all there. Like I I don't have cause to scroll down because everything I want to do is right there. Right, I can pin my my. Let's say I'm playing three or four games at once. I can just pin those all up top, never have to scroll down. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and by the way, like it automatically curates that for you. The ones that are on top are going to be the games that you most recently played. Correct. Right? So it's always there. I never think to scroll down to like get into the deep, like, oh, what are the offers? What are the... Per I mean, again, some people do that. And if it has become cluttered with ads, I'm going to go home and look at it for myself and I'll yeah. come back next week and tell you what I think. Then, yeah, that is bad. I'm just saying, I think for most people that just want to do simple things like pick a game and play it, if there's stuff lower down, like, again, I have, I, this is news to me because I just don't scroll down there. Like I'm, I'm, I spend five seconds in the UI. Yeah. Boot it up, pick a game, go, come back. Paris, I want to get you involved in your thoughts on this new homepage redesign. But I did do some searching because I thought this was a really interesting topic because for me, I'm very similar to Gary. I know where I need to go. I click on very minimal stuff. I'm boom, I'm in and out. I don't like spending time at the homepage. But I looked into it. So my findings of the homepage currently, there are 15 lines with an option to add another 12 if the user wanted. The scroll goes like this. You start off with your homepage. Then after that, it's a Game Pass recently added section. Then after that, you can put up to two user-created groups, meaning my ultimate backlog, meaning the games that are my favorite sports titles, whatever groups you want to do, you're going to have two in a row right there. Then after that, 
you can pin up to 10 user-selected single game titles. So you will have the game and then you will have some tiles that show community achievements, whatever that's 10 in a mm -hmm. row after that, that you can fully order however you want. Then we get into a lot and I put of ads, question marks. It goes friends and community. Then after that coming to game pass after that, most popular on game pass. Then after that play with cloud on game pass. Then after that top entertainment apps, after that, action and adventure game pass. After that, cross-platform multiplayer game pass. After that, watch and listen, which is a movie storefront. After that, leaving soon on game pass. After that, coming soon, just games. After that, captivating stories, which is just games you can buy. After that, gaming with Dolby Vision and Atmos, and then finishing it out after 15-plus lines, Xbox game specials, games that are on sale. It does sound a lot, and if anything, it sounds like they've overdone the discoverability. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't need that much. Like, I'll, I'll add a little bit extra to when I say I want to just pick a game and play it. Beyond that, and, it, and they are the next thing up, I want to know what's new on Game Pass and what's new in the store. Yeah. And I, 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 I would never even think to go lower than that. I don't watch movies or TV on my Xbox. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, uh, sometimes the perk stuff is interesting, but like, if, I want, if I want that, I'll go <clears> look at it. Most of, I kind of feel like this... Um, criticism is a little bit over. When you said ads, I kind of, I, 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 you I thought, thought it was like, like third-party ads, like streaming. Samsung and some shit. Mm -hmm. But no, it's just ads for other content that they're trying. They're, you know, it's internal advertising. What we used to call house ads. They, like we're just here's more of our stuff you might want to find. And it, if, it, if it ends up becoming like a big cluttered mess of discoverability once you go further down, yeah, that's that's not great. But again, like why would like, I think ninety percent of people are not going to just want to do. They want to know, they want to get access to the games they already have, and they want to see what the new shit is. And that's right up top. So I don't know. Paris, let's, I want to pick your brain about this one, right? What do you feel about the homepage redesign? What do you feel about the full customization that this person previously had, being able to really customize what's after that initial homepage splash screen? And do you think that this is too much, right? We talk about create uh, uh, curation that Gary brings up. There is a multitude of Game Pass offerings here that are different ways to curate content to me and have me search and discover. What do you think? Yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I personally love the redesign. It's it's what needed to be done. Again, just, just on a, a basic level to see more of your actual wallpaper. But I think navigating it is a is a lot easier than it was previously. Um, the feedback of of what what the person that wrote in is valid. I, I get it, and I'm not trying to take that away. I'm just giving my own personal experience. I found myself over the years not really utilizing that customization that much to the point where I felt like I'd miss it if I didn't have it. So it doesn't bother me that it's not there anymore. And I think the way that they are curating you, are, I think there's more discoverability with the new dashboard versus what it previously was as far as finding some titles and things that I may not have even been on my radar. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check that out, right? Yo, it's on Game Pass, let me download it. Things like that, not to mention with the cloud functionality right now, you can boot it up immediately, at least to check these things out. So I'm personally a fan of it. I think this is the right direction of where they need to go with the dashboard. They're obviously still listening. So there will be, you know, some, some tweaks along the way where they can improve it even more. Um, as an example right now, and I know my, my camera's out, so, so you've got, got the picture of me up for people watching video, but like I pulled up the Xbox app on PC and just seeing how that's evolved here over the last year to 18 months, months i would expect the same on the console side as well where we'll see it evolve more you'll see more curation of it so 
I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it. I like it personally. Interesting. I, I think this person opened up my eyes just a little bit because I was someone that only uses the beginning of the homepage splash screen. And I, I did see their Reddit page of they created the home screen of their dreams where they go down and it's all right. the groups that you could ever imagine. This person had like 20 groups that they had curated and made of their own and wanted to have it. And I like that. I brought up with you last week, Gary, of like, when is the point where it just becomes PC where I can move my little tiles anywhere and it can just be a nightmare to others, but you know, magic to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do we ever get to that? And it does feel like when I just went through all those 15 lines, it feels almost like Netflix where after the first three lines of Netflix, I'm like, man, what are we even talking about? What crazy stuff are you trying to show me? Cause like this stuff sucks, right? Yeah. And really so, weird category. I mean, don't get me started on Netflix. But yeah. yeah. Like you can, you can glaze over real fast. And I think the old Xbox, you had that same problem where like, there's just a big cluttered mess of tiles. I just now, now it seems a bit, organized in a bit more in, in yeah. a slightly neater way. Yeah, and if it's like gaming with Dolby Vision and Atmos. Like, I appreciate you curating that list. I think that's cool. But, like, do I need that, right? On top of that, action and adventure game pass games, top entertainment app. There's just so much going on there after you get past your curated list. And I get where they're coming from. Maybe if we could expand that of allowing this user to have more than just two lists. It is odd that I'm only allowed to have two lists up there. Very weird, right? Why is two the magic number of the list that I could have? If this person's spending time creating groups in their games and apps, why is two the only thing that they could show off on their homepage? I find that to be a little weird. Up to yeah. 10 single titles. What's up with that? Why it's not just, just I don't know. I'm a, certain, I'm, I'm a certain kind of a gamer. I've been, I've been playing video games for, for more than 40 years. Yeah. And I know what I'm talking about. But like I'm I'm generally pretty casually, Mike, because I'm a parent. I've got two children. I game when I can. Yeah. I'm not hardcore in terms of like how much I get into games or how much to, to the extent that I didn't play them or different. I'm not playing everything that comes out. Like I'm pretty casual these days. I'm a gaming dad. Yeah. And so my use case, it's, it's genuinely hard for me to imagine the life of a gamer for whom that, that level of like curation and organization is an important part of their gaming life. Like I said, I just want to grab a game and go. Yeah. I want to get in and out, get in and out of the store. I don't want to browse all day long. If I, if I want to browse, yeah, it should be easy to do. And again, I think it largely is, but like, I don't care what is down in the mm -hmm. basement of the Xbox UI. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of PC and console. It very much, this mindset reminds me of, oh, that's PC freedom, where you can put your icons anywhere and have your folders. Right. Console has always been to me, you give me what is the homepage and how I navigate, and that's how it's always been. I never felt I had full customization over the blades, over the Xbox with the flubber in the OG days. It always felt like on a console experience, it was whatever Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo wanted this to run and flow like, that's how we did yeah, it. Yeah, and that's why the simplest, the simplest and arguably the best UI is still the one on Nintendo Switch, because, you know... Xbox and PlayStation have, a, have, oh, check out our movies and TV shows and everything else and all these perks and offers. And it's like a big multimedia thing because the Nintendo Switch essentially just plays games. It's like, yeah. here are your games and here's a little quick access bar at the bottom. Boom, done. Paris, final thoughts on this? Um, I, I was just going to say it would be great if down the road, maybe we actually get someone from that team to kind of yeah, talk about cool these idea. dashboard changes and just why they made certain decisions that they made, you know, as far as the design goes. Cause I think, you know, I mean, it may not be the most exciting conversation ever, but I, I think it'd be very informational to, to have, to try and understand that. So to, to the person that wrote in, maybe they can get some clarity on why they made certain decisions.
I yes, but more importantly, the guy that writes the the uh, the copy for the new controller. I'm gonna, I will write down. <laughs> I want to have that person names come in. I want to do a, I want to do a writer's workshop where we yes. where we put up like a, a we all get to promote our three and we all write 500 deal. words on it. Deal. Okay. Deal, Gary. I will. Hey, great write-in community. I love this conversation. And yeah, like Paris said, I will start to write Xbox to get some people on this show that we can get a little deeper on. Uh, but I would always say. They are listening to your feedback. They will adjust. They are growing and learning like we've seen. And it will be interesting to see where we go next with this new homepage. But thank you all so much for watching. It's been another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. It's great to be back with the two gaming dads. And man, oh man, we're one month away from Starfield. Have fun at Gamescom if you're going. And we will see you back here next week. On behalf of my two gaming dads, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Goodbye, gamers.